HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Restaurants employ over 15 million people nationwide. And two-thirds of all restaurants are independently owned and not part of big chains. Yet, currently, these small businesses are not represented in government relief negotiations. Roar is working to change that by fighting for relief opportunities for all restaurants. Roar is advocating for an eight-point plan in New York State that will allow restaurants to reopen and rehire when the time comes. Dozens of industry leaders have signed onto this plan, like Namwa Tea Parlor, Field Trip, Momofuku, and many more of your favorites. You can join them at change.org by searching for Roar, Relief Opportunities for All Restaurants. Hello, hello, Heritage Radio Network listeners tuning in from 165 countries around the world. It used to be about a million listens a month. Who knows? Maybe now that we're in the midst of the global COVID-19 crisis, maybe we have more listeners. Maybe people have more time to spend with podcasts and getting to know people around the world and listening to some of the really great stories that are coming out of all of this. I'm Jennifer Leutzi, and this is Tech Bites, the weekly show where we talk to innovators and influencers in the food tech space. Today, we have some old friends, Stephen Hall from the Hall PR company based in New York City, and Helen Patrickis, who works with him. A little fun fact about Stephen Hall, he was actually the very, very first Tech Bytes guest before the show even existed. He was nice enough to be my test guest when I did the pilot for the show way back in 2014. Stephen, thank you for your ongoing, continued, unwavering support of the podcast. I am smiling here, even though you can't see me smiling. I am smiling here because I remember that so well. It was a, I was the guinea pig and I've always been very happy to be a guinea pig for many people as they, they, they've started their quests in various fields. So I am thrilled that you have reached, what are we, number 201 now on You're, the show? This is episode 202, 202. five years in. Yeah, Excellent. the first the first show was January 2015, the first official live on the air show, January 2015. 
Amazing. That's so exciting. I think I've been on the show maybe four or five times since then with various entrepreneurs and other businesses. And it's been so interesting. It's been such a learning process to hear all the different types of businesses that they're out there in the food world. So kudos to you for creating this little niche. Oh, thank you. Well, you know, we've had Stephen on so many times because even though the show is about food and technology, Stephen has been a a fixture of the restaurant community for a couple decades now with his restaurant PR firm. And so much of um, how we can become successful in business, especially in the startup world, is about public relations and marketing. Um, Interestingly, it's also a lot of the PR and the marketing people who are springing into action right now to help restaurants and other people affected by the COVID-19 crisis. Uh, it, It just seems that Restaurant people and restaurant PR people are just so used to um, being nimble, working on shoestring budgets, and sort of cutting to the heart of the matter and getting the most support out of the least amount of resources. So Stephen is on today, and we're so happy to have him to talk about his talk about the Dining Bonds Initiative um, that he and Helen have been working on um, remotely. Uh, to help restaurants around the world. So, Helen, why don't you tell us a little bit about what the impetus was to create this program? Sure. Well, thank you um, again for having both of us. It's really a privilege to be on the show, Jennifer. Um, as um, as you were mentioning, um, Stephen and I are uh, friends and collaborators. I actually have my own practice where I also special specialize in hospitality and restaurant clients here in New York um, and have clients around the country and in fact, out of the country. And so um, we, uh, you know, we started to see the the effect that the crisis was having on um, the restaurant industry and in our, with our clients in particular. And um, we were, I was, I was really looking for a way to help as, um, as revenues were decreasing. And um, I don't know, an idea popped into my head about offering something like a savings bond or a war bond, um, you know, at a reduced value that could be redeemed later because we knew that some of these restaurants weren't getting customers to go into in the door. So uh, knowing Stephen as long as I've known him, uh, I picked up the phone and, and got on the phone with him and, and just posed the idea to him and he loved it. And we thought, well, let's just talk to a few of our clients and, and see what they think about the idea. And we went to a few and they immediately um, agreed. So we knew we had something. And, and then we went out to our network of PR colleagues who uh, went to some of their clients. And within a day, I think we had about two dozen restaurants agree to participate in the program. And uh, we started with a Google spreadsheet and just keeping track of these names and then decided we should probably create a website. And so within about 72 hours, we had a site up, we had restaurants um, agree to participate, and we got some of our um, media friends to to be interested in doing a story. Um, So I would say the idea began, um, I don't know, the Thursday before St. Patrick's Day, and by Monday, the, the 15th or 16th, we went out with a press release. And before we knew it, we had 
many restaurants um, reaching out and wanting to sign up. And we are now up to probably close to 400 in the U.S. And, and beyond that, it's gone global. So to track the timeline, which is just amazing that you could get so much done in such a short period of time and that you are also so responsive, in terms of just looking at what was happening on the ground in New York City, that week before St. Patrick's Day was when the 50% occupancy rules came into effect for restaurants. We hadn't quite gotten to essential workers only and, and the different closings, but it was at that point in time when restaurants were mandated to reduce their occupancy by 50%. And as soon as that happened, that's when restaurants started taking a hard look at what the numbers are because most restaurants need to to function at a 90 to 100% capacity every single day of the week. Otherwise, they won't make their numbers, which is kind of staggering. So even a day or two, a weekend, a week of, you know, functioning at less than 90% would be uh, decimating for many. And that's when we started to see many restaurants just really starting to close and some of the larger restaurant groups immediately starting to furlough their staff. Um, tell us, you know, technology has been such an important piece of this whole crisis in terms of just keeping the world moving, keeping people connected just on a social and human level, but also in terms of getting business done. Can you walk us through um, what you did in terms of the tech side and, and setting all this up and setting up the funds with the restaurants? Because it's really um, fascinating how much we have available to us right now, even um, you know, from the confines of our homes. And if listeners want to check out the site while you're listening, it is supportrestaurants.org. And you can check them out also on Instagram at supportrestaurants. Exactly. It's been a very interesting um, development because, you know, even though restaurants have websites, they're still not overly tech savvy in a lot of cases. So they rely a lot on third party people to help them uh, develop their websites and, and put things up. So obviously, the most important thing was putting up the website at the very, very beginning and getting all of the restaurants on board and getting them to um, have a dining bonds uh, initiative page or icon of some sort on their websites so that people would know that they were selling these bonds to them. Um, and the form of people sell, uh, people signing up has kind of grown as the initiative has grown. We've been very, very, being one-on-one, -on -one, um, we've been very, very responsive to everybody's questions and everybody's needs. And every time somebody asks us a question, we change the website to kind of reflect the, the answer to that question. Because as you know, if one person asks it, somebody else is going to ask it. So it really is continuing to be a work in progress as we go along. And it's been fascinating to see how people have found us. Um, when we first started to sign restaurants up, I keep telling everyone that when we got an inquiry from the Million Dollar Cowboy Steakhouse in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, I said, oh, we are onto something here because clearly the reach has gotten much more expansive than we thought it was going to get. And then when we started to get requests from other countries, Canada and Spain and Italy and South Africa and Sweden and Norway, it really showed the breadth of how far this was going just via the internet in a very short period of time. 
So it's been really fascinating. And we've been, and the wonderful thing about it, if there is a wonderful thing about it, is that we've been communicating one-on-one with all of these restaurants all over the world, and they all want help. And they are all so grateful that we created even a small platform where they might get a little bit of money to help them immediately. So the tech side has really shown um, the growth and and the expansion that this uh, initiative has had. So what did you build the Dining Bond Initiative website on? Which platform did you use? Squarespace. Squarespace. So, so easy. You can put up a website literally in like two or three minutes. Are you actually transacting, making the transaction on your website or do the transactions happen at the individual restaurant websites? At the individual restaurants' websites. So people have to, so the the site is an aggregator of people that are participating in the Dining Bonds Initiative. And then as people pick the restaurants that they want to use, that they want to support, they want to go to, they will go to the restaurant's website and either go to their Dining Bonds page or their gift card page in order to purchase. And so one of the early hurdles that we were experiencing and we're working on right now is to make that process easier because as you mentioned before these restaurants went from 50 capacity to takeout and delivery only and they signed up and then just assumed that it was taken care of and didn't have time to focus on their website so we're now working on creating solutions for them on their own websites where the the diner can go and find the information and take care of that transaction easier than it may have been the case in the beginning. So this is a work in progress, and we're, we're working to refine that. Well, I've often said that the tech level of most restaurants is pencil on cocktail napkin. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Yeah. Because, Very you know, true. I mean, at the end of the day, people are in the restaurant and food business because they make great stuff. They make, you know, amazing pizza or jam or the steak, or they're really good at, you know, selecting wine and making cocktails and, you know, putting together a great playlist and making you feel wonderful. Nobody, it's it's not top chef, you know, data tech website webmaster challenge. It's not spreadsheet challenge. It's not all those <laughs> tech things. And it's just fascinating that in order to be successful today as a restaurant, food, small business owner, you really have to be adept at, you know, 17 other high level professions in order to make it. And, you know, IT is one of them. Um, so it's great that you're doing this and you're making it easy for people and sort of like, you know, refining the process as you go along. Um, what is the best way for a restaurant to participate and get in touch? Have you discovered any easy hacks for people if they don't have a website? There are lots of restaurants that have a Facebook page or maybe just an Instagram presence um, who don't even have, or maybe just a, you know, a reservation service presence, like an open table or a resi, even Yelp. Have there been any interesting hacks of how you can work with restaurants who maybe don't have a website? 
Again, that is a work in progress as we speak. Most of the restaurants seem to have, most of the restaurants that have signed up do um, have a website. So that's been good. The infiltration part of their website, as Helen was saying, has been the hardest part. And right now we are working on that. And I'm sure that things that you just mentioned might be our next challenge if restaurants do sign on that have, that don't have a website and only have a Facebook page. As long as they have a link to a dining bond page and a way to get money into their bank accounts, we could put up that URL. So whether it's a link on their Facebook page or on their Instagram or on Yelp or wherever it may be, is that if there's a link, there's a possibility of a way to do it. There's plenty of services out there that they can sign up on, whether it be Square or PayPal or um, you know a, a gift card provider that they can sign up with any one of those uh, initiatives, any one of those businesses will work for this, uh, for this product. That's, it's such a, a great solution and seemingly so simple. And so many of the best ideas are, we're going to take a quick break right now to find out who is underwriting this show. Did you know that Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit? And we are really dedicated to keeping the mics on and continuing to tell stories during this time of crisis to share resources, share inspiration, and really continue to grow our community at a time when we most need it. So if you're looking for a place to maybe donate what you would have spent on coffee or what you would have spent on your commute to work today, heritageradionetwork.org, the beating heart, help us keep the mics on and keep the stories coming. Stay with us. The James Beard Foundation is a nonprofit with the mission to celebrate, nurture, and honor chefs and other leaders, making America's food culture more delicious, diverse, and sustainable for everyone. And right now, it's working to respond to the dire situation the food and beverage community is in due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Restaurants, bars, and other independent food and beverage operations are often on the front lines of community revival. The majority of culinary community businesses have less than 500 employees. But collectively, this industry generates $1 trillion a year, 60% of which is pumped back into their local business communities. To help bring swift economic relief to these essential businesses, the James Beard Foundation launched a fund to provide microgrants to independent food and beverage businesses in need. You can donate at jamesbeard.org relief. Well, if you're just joining us and you're wondering what the hell you clicked on, this is Tech Bytes, the weekly show on the Heritage Radio Network, where we talk to innovators and influencers in the food tech space. And right now, we are coming to you via remote casting on Zencaster, which is a big difference from our usual live show inside the studio at Roberta's Pizza. We are focusing all of our coverage now on talking to different companies and people who have pivoted to provide resources and help to our much-loved restaurant and food industry. Just to recap some of the stories that we've done, 
On episode 201, we had Mitchell Davis, the chief strategy officer from the James Beard Foundation, and their food and beverage industry relief fund is now taking applications. If you are a restaurant or a food business that needs some assistance, go to jamesbeard.org slash relief dash fund dash application. They will be taking applications until Friday, April 3rd, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We had episode 200 where we talked with Deepti Sharma, the founder of Food to Eat and a company called Bikki. Her website, eat.bikki, B-I-K-K-Y.com, is now live. And this is a website of restaurants that are doing delivery and a way to get in touch with the restaurants directly so you can avoid a third-party delivery platform and make sure a restaurant gets all of the money of your order instead of having to pay a a fee, and a commission to a delivery platform. So those are just some of the stories that we have started to follow during this period. If you have a story or if you are an entrepreneur or business owner who is doing something that the world needs to know about, give us a call. Give us an email, techbytes at heritageradionetwork.org. You can find us on social media, HRN on Instagram and Facebook. We would love to hear from you, hear your stories, and share them with the world. Today we are talking to Stephen Hall and Helen Patrickis about their Dining Bonds initiative. You can find them at supportrestaurants.org and on social media at Support Restaurants. And it's really a very clever idea. And Stephen, I'm sure as the master of public relations and marketing, it's no mistake that this kind of harkens back to a war bond era initiative. Yeah, that when, when Helen approached me with the idea, that was the uh, story that we wanted to use. So, um, so yes, it's, uh, we want to put that idea in people's heads. Obviously, it's different because it's not a savings bond in, in that same way, but we wanted to put that idea in people's heads. So, yes. And it's interesting. I will add that, you know, they say imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, but we, we started to notice that there are some restaurants that are calling their gift card programs bonds now. There was a, a Canadian um, site that is kind of using this information and it's great, but it's also interesting to note that those are individual endeavors. And so we like to think of it as like people will know that, that our site is the one place that anyone can go to and find any restaurant listed on a map and to point out that I don't know if you if people may not understand this, but we are not making any money from this. We are simply the connectors. And we want to do this because we so much care about our friends in the restaurant industry and want them all to get through this without having to shut their doors permanently. Yes, nor are the restaurants charged any sort of fee to participate at all. We are doing this all out of our own, um, I, uh, you know, out, out of our our own love for the industry that has given us life in a lot of ways, and we want to continue to see its life, is, you know, be sustained. I always tell everybody that restaurants are the most philanthropic and charitable businesses around, as you know, Jennifer. And the minute there is a natural disaster somewhere in the world, or there is some sort of a charity that needs a gift certificate or a donation, the first place they go to is restaurants. 
and restaurants are always there with 800 tasting portions, 1,000 tasting portions, 2,000 tasting portions. I'll cook in your home, you know, for as an auction item. I will donate a dinner for two to your local public school or charity. And now is the time when restaurants need that love back. So we want to give people a way of giving back. The thing that's so amazing is you're 100% correct. The restaurant industry and the industries that support it are so fast to mobilize in any kind of crisis. And it's been also just really so impressive and um, really, you know, emotional to see chefs and restaurant owners and industry leaders really coming together very quickly, lobbying Washington, getting a message out there. I think, you know, I, uh, of course, I, I am, you know, married to the restaurant industry, have been a part of the, the food industry for decades. I was really blown away when I started to see the figures that the restaurant industry in this country represents a trillion dollars of business and 4% of the gross domestic product. And 16% of the American workforce. Those are just staggering numbers. We know how important restaurants are from a day-to-day uh, emotional, social way as, you know, the restaurants and the food that you eat over the course of the day. It's, it's such an important part of your life. But in terms of um, how critical it is to like the infrastructure and the fabric of our economics, it's really a, an amazing thing to learn. What we are not talking about as much, but I think having you two here um, is a great opportunity to talk about it. When we think about restaurants, we're thinking about the brick-and-mortar experience, and we have chefs and, and waiters and bartenders and people who work physically inside the restaurants, really at the front lines. But talk to us about the domino effect when restaurants are eliminated, the domino effect of the farmers, the linen purveyors, and then the other service providers like a restaurant PR company. Obviously, we're all affected by this and all affected by the restaurant business. You know, we do it for the love of being a part of the industry. And we love to tell stories and support these people in restaurants that have worked long and hard to reach their dreams of being the chef of a restaurant or owning a restaurant of their own. And by for sure, there is a trickle-down effect that is unprecedented because there are so many people that are now affected by the fact that restaurants you know, are out of business or making a small fraction of what they made before. So clearly, as PR people, you know, we are the lifeblood of the restaurant to the public. We are the people that tell the story of the restaurant to the public so that the public can then go in and experience the restaurant. And then when they're sitting there, they're looking at a beautiful votive candle or they're looking at a floral arrangement or they're obviously looking at a wine list and a beverage list. And it just is endless the amount of people that go into um, putting a restaurant together and supporting it on a daily basis. And I always think about it when you watch a movie and you stay to the very end because you're like, okay, I want to watch, watch every the credits. single last credit because yeah. mm -hmm. look at all those people that were involved in putting this together. And I always think that if they were ever to do that in a restaurant, it would read longer than a movie because there are just so many people 
not go into um, participating in a restaurant's business on a day-to-day basis. So um, it is it is heartbreaking to see all the people that are out of work right now because of this. And we want to do, again, whatever we possibly can to support the industry that that we love. You know, it's a very uh, look, our, our chefs right now are in hospitals cooking for the workers that are putting their lives at risk for our lives. And chefs are right there with them cooking and making sure they're being nourished. And that's you know, just, that's just unbelievable. That's such a, it's, it's, it's such a, it's so heartwarming in this, in this environment. And then you look at it from the perspective of the, the diner and the, you know, people who live in, in our towns uh, around us and in, in the cities and towns, and you look at what kind of effect this will have even in, on main street, you know, where if a restaurant doesn't make it through this, what is, what is main street going to look like for us? you know, when everything is over, are we going to have these restaurants to go back to? What is it going to do to the local economy? So there's that to consider too. You know, we want to know that when the crisis is finished, we can go back out to these, these, our favorite restaurants and know that they're still there for us. I saw some staggering numbers uh, to the effect of 75% of independent restaurants may not make it to reopen after this. And that is just almost unacceptable from one point of view. Um, And there was a great um, interview with Dave Chang over the weekend in the New York Times. And he said some really uh, logical things about what needs to happen in a larger business sense for restaurants to be able to, to survive and make it through. And Something that he said that really resonated with me was in terms of when we look at what the government is going to do in terms of supporting businesses economically and financially, you know, there's a lot of uh, argument about like how valuable it is to bail out the airlines. But one thing that he said, which seemed to be very smart, was giving government funding to landlords and property owners so that they can then waive, not defer, but just completely waive rents for small businesses. And that, you know, when you start to follow the chain of the economy, I mean, Stephen, I think to your point, I would love to see a credit roll or an infographic about all of the businesses that restaurants support. And I think, you know, starting with a, uh, you know, a, a restaurant P&L sheet would probably tell a lot of the story, all the number of line items of vendors and purveyors and people that they're paying. If we start with you know, landlords and property and start, you know, to support those things. So the trickle down then is when a restaurant comes out of this, if they've been closed for a month or two months or three months, it's not going to help them if they still have to pay $60,000 in rent, which they don't have. (laughs) And they're not going to have, and they're probably never going to have. So is there the way that that can be subsidized and supplemented sort of from the infrastructure you know, top down. So, you know, there were some really interesting ideas, I thought, about, you know, how we look at solving some of these problems, not just on an individual basis, but because we are so interconnected, um, you know, the domino effect that we can have of solving one problem hopefully can domino into solving somebody else's problem. And that's, that's kind of, I think, what you guys have done here, which is really um, exceptional. 
tell us now, um, again, the website is supportrestaurants.org. Um, tell us what restaurants can do to be a part of it. Tell us, do you need any support running the site? Um, do you have some questions? Are you looking for um, tech answers? Are you looking for partners um, in terms of, you know, websites or payment companies? Um, now's, now's a great time to give a shout out if you're looking for something. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> looking yeah. For some, some volunteers on your, war bo- on your dining bond initiative. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes, of course. You know, for, for restaurants to sign up, all they need to do is go to the, obviously go to the website and fill out the form. As I said, you know, we is painstakingly have updated it so that we think we've answered just about every everybody's question, but they really should not sign up if they do not have a way to sell these on their website and they should be honest about it so that we can help them. Because um, we, we want to encourage everybody to sign up, but we obviously need for them to have a way that we can all, that they can sell the bonds. So we encourage everybody to go to the website, fill out the questionnaire, and then we will be back in touch with you um, and, uh, and, and sort of and help you through the process. As far as uh, support, Helen, this is all. <laughs> I give it over to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we are very fortunate. We had somebody um, step in to help us out, a local guy, um, head of uh, a company called Dig Down Media. Um, he's helping us try to implement a process where um, restaurants can put a PayPal button on their site. That being said, um, we anticipate that this is going to be a, um, a growing and an ongoing initiative. Um, we are now an LLC. We're official. We are going to keep this as a permanent operation. And so I would say, yes, we would right now, I think our needs are somebody who's, who's savvy with social media because we're, we're, we've been doing it ourselves. We would love to get some of our uh, uh, folks um, out in other cities that could help get other restaurants involved in cities like Chicago and DC and some other markets who may not yet be aware of it. Um, So we know that there are people right now who may have time on their hands and expertise that they can offer. And if they are willing to to come and assist, we welcome them and we'll we will have we'll be we'll be happy to have a conversation with them. Yeah, I have to give a shout out to Alan Ormont, the other half of Hall PR, who um, worked has been working literally 24 seven on the website since this began, and has uh, really, really addressed every single question that has come in. So um, he's working now with Ian, as Helen mentioned before, at Dig Down Media to help expedite the process for people. But, um, you know, the website is, is all his design. Thank you, Alan. We love Alan. He's also, <laughs> sidebar, a really talented photographer, if you want to follow him on social media, on, Insta- on Instagram particularly. Um, have you thought about putting up a resources page for what you're looking for? Almost like a get involved with us. This is what we need. Um, I'm sure there are so many people sitting at home right now who would love nothing more than to participate and help who, you know, really need to stay at home and stay inside. Um, maybe a resource page, what we're looking for. Have you also connected with, I'm thinking of some of, you know, the amazing guests that we've had on shows past, like, um, you know, the founders of Bento Box, which is one of the top websites, uh, website builders for restaurants and um, other 
tech companies, The Spoon, which is a great newsletter and food tech outfit that publishes a lot of uh, media and does events. There's a whole list of people I can think of that would be maybe great to uh, partner with and also just, you know, the average person who maybe wants to, you know, get up and spend an hour a day uh, doing something that's really going to help a lot of people. That's a very yeah, good idea great. to put that that's shout great. out on the website is a very good idea. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> also you on your Instagram, also on your Instagram, you yes. know, let people know, yes. you know, from my days in advertising and media and marketing, people are typically enthusiastic and, and have a desire to do something. But a lot of times people just simply don't know what it is that they can do. And sometimes a simple, hey, could you help me with this? Could you make some Instagram posts? Could you send some emails? Um, is all anybody needs. Um, you could even do like a revolving, uh, a revolving uh, Instagram takeover. You could have, you know, the PR groups with your different restaurants, maybe, you know, one every other day or something. They could take over that feed. You could, you know, highlight the restaurants and the people that these bonds are supporting. I mean, all kinds of stuff like that would be... Um, I think a lot of fun. And again, most of us are sitting at home and looking for something to do. And at a certain point, because so many of us are not working, you know, being able to donate your time someplace is, is going to become a very valuable currency, I think, very shortly. Those are, those are wonderful suggestions. And, and, and we, we, we are talking about that and moving to that next level as, as something that's just two weeks old. Um, phase one was just getting the website on and getting all the restaurants on board and just dealing with the immediacy of it. But these are brilliant and you're hired. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, I'll be, I'll be happy to, after this, um, connect and, and send some emails and do some things like that. And of course, um, as as the um, project progresses, definitely stay in touch with us. You know, I can do, uh, we can do updates. We can continue to promote all these different initiatives. And, you know, who knows? Maybe somebody listening will say, hey, you know, I'm a programmer. I'm an Instagrammer. I'm a chef. I'm a restaurant. I work at a credit card company. Um, and it doesn't matter where you are in the world, you know, get in touch with them and um, you can work with them, which I will say that the remote recording of the show already, we're only three episodes in, but it's been fascinating because prior to this, the hard rule about Tech Bytes was in-studio live broadcast. So all of my guests came to the Heritage Radio Network studio inside Roberta's Pizza, and we had these great face-to-face conversations. And part of the initial idea of doing Tech Bytes was to have conversations with people because so much of our communication had gone digital in just texts and tweets and emojis. And having that face-to-face conversation with somebody just became um, so special and so valuable. But now, because we're recording remotely via Zencaster, I can have guests from around the country and potentially around the world, which is new and which is also nice. Um, and it's also just great to hear people's voices and have conversations like this, which is something that I think we we always need, but especially right now. Um, so yes. we are going to wrap it up. The downside is that we don't get to eat pizza after the broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> 
True, true. Although maybe I'll start to have the husband make me pizza while I do the recording so I can have a, have a little remote Roberta's. Right, exactly. <laughs> we are talking about making, about having pizza at some point this week. So um, maybe I can make that happen. Right. Before we close it out, um, I should have done this at the very beginning, but I was just excited to talk with everybody. Typically at the top of the show, we talk about apps and digital things that we like. And again, technology has become so critical right now today um, in this worldwide experience that we're sharing. For all of, uh, for both of you, Stephen and Helen, and for Matt, who we haven't heard from yet, who's our engineer, is there any piece of technology or an app or something that has become really useful, really fun, your new favorite thing that you discovered? Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I've, never used, I've never used Zoom as much. I did a Zoom yoga class. I've had mm-hmm. Zoom cocktail parties. It's been fantastic. I have to say that I've been really exploring going down the LinkedIn rabbit hole. I never went down the LinkedIn rabbit hole and I've kind of been going down that rabbit hole. And I, now I have, you know, I don't know where they are, but I have so many um, different uh, seminars and uh, articles to read that I've really, I've really gone down that road. <laughs> Interesting. How about you, Matt? Uh, I've got nothing that I haven't shouted out before. Okay. Well, it's nice to hear from you. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Matt. (laughs) Matt, holding it down, making it all possible, even remotely. Um, So that is going to be episode 202 of Tech Bytes, Remote via Zencaster, the Dining Bonds Initiative. I want to thank Stephen Hall and Helen Patrickis for coming on and talking about their initiative. Please do go to supportrestaurants.org and follow them on social media at supportrestaurants either to purchase a dining bond because you love restaurants, or if you're a restaurant and you need assistance, get on there. Or if you're a person who has some tech and marketing skills and some free time on your hands and you're looking for a way to uh, do some good from your couch, give them a shout also. Again, get in touch with us if you have stories and ideas and resources that you want people to know about. Email us techbytes at heritageradionetwork.org. Find us on social media at TechBytesHRN. Listen to us at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, all your favorite podcasting platforms. Leave us a five-star review. And again, you know, you didn't have to commute to work today, so maybe send us what you would have spent on the subway. It'll help us keep the mics on and help us keep this platform going so that we can keep our community uh, strong for when this is all over. I'm Jennifer Leutzi, and this is Tech Bytes. TechBytes is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. 
Just enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.